Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today we are doing a cool number. It is episode 555. I don't know how that happened, but that just happens to be today's episode. And I have a really cool guest with me, the unforgettable, unmatchable David Schreiner Khan, cool guy from New York City. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kellen. Great to be here. And I love the episode number. I know you turned out to be episode 555, which I think will be out in three or four weeks. I don't know exactly how far we are ahead, but something like that. So today, every episode is dedicated to the idea of creating your ultimate life. And I define that as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that we create by serving with our divine gifts. So that's my definition. And I was wondering if somebody asked you what what constitutes the ultimate life? What would you say? What's your definition? Uh, my definition is that you're doing what you love. You're doing what you're good at. You're serving people you want to serve. They need what you're offering. And if you're doing this in a business context, you're getting paid what you're worth. Oh, I love that. Getting paid what you're worth. How, how do you decide? I love the definition. Doing things that are good, doing things that help people, that people want, stuff like that. How do you decide what something's worth? Um, well, first of all, Kellen, I find that most people that I encounter in business want to be in business because they actually want to make the world a better place. I know there's a lot of... Um, a lot of noise out there about bad things that happen in business. I find that most people actually care about what they do and they care about the people they serve. Maybe that's just who I hang out with, but that's, that's kind of step one. So, so I love that. I want to dig into that just a little bit. Tell me more about this doing good in the world. I mean, I use the phrase add good to the world. I'm, I'm hearing you tell me that most of the people you hang out with, talk to, and I know you've done a couple, are in the middle of a couple of good projects, podcasts and stuff. And I want you to tell me about those too. But tell me about this. People want to do good or help people. Tell me about that. Why, why do you think that's true? Um, honestly, I think it's part of human nature. And like, I, I have a client who, um, <clears throat> employs, um, a lot of, um, uh, both unskilled and, um, and, um, people that are skilled in trades. Um, so they're, they're generally on the, you know, mid to lower end of the wage scale. And part of his motivation for being in business is he wants people like this to be able to, um, to have some financial security and live a comfortable life and, and, and get treated well, um, which is you know, not always the case with, um, with employers, but 
you know, that that's, uh, you know, his situation. I have a, another client who's a consultant and um, is an expert at building networks and connecting people and, um, and is thrilled to see people connect and, and um, collaborate and share value with each other. Well, um, right. So, and these, these are like everyday people that are in business. And I, these are the kinds of people that I encounter. So I love that. I love that you're telling me about people that want to do it because it restores or increases and restore increases my faith in what you said, human nature and stuff. So you talked about, I have clients that, and then you told me, tell me about what you do for these clients. Like, how do you add good to the world? And I'm saying that in the most sincere way, because you're telling me about these people that want to have these, uh, this certain group of people have financial security and the ability to create a life for themselves and another person that wants to create value with networks and stuff. And so you're serving them and they're your clients. How do you help them in their mission? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and this also ties into your earlier question about um, how do you get paid what you're worth? Um, so in particular, we serve a lot of um, people that are solopreneur consultants there um, there's one person who is the primary offering to the to their clients um, I think every everybody has some kind of team but you know if if you're looking at these are very small businesses um, you know mo- mostly run by one person and uh, delivering their offering with you know with themselves um, so one of the things that I that I see that is um, a commonality among them. Um, you know, not everybody falls into this, but a lot of people do, which is, um, especially if you had in the earlier part of your career, if you're an employee, you, um, chances are you don't either, you don't have any responsibility marketing and selling, or if you do marketing and selling, you're marketing and selling the company, you're not marketing and selling yourself. And when you start marketing and selling yourself, then it's very much tied to your sense of self-worth, your ego. Um, and I, I see that a lot of um, consultants undercharge. And, um, you know, that, that is, uh, that, that's a really simple area where financially you can do better if you just charge more. Um, the other thing you can do is think about your business model as a consultant there are different ways you can charge. Um, a common way, especially for consultants starting out, is to think of themselves um, in terms of their input into the process that creates value for clients. And when they think about their input, they generally think about how much time it takes them to do something. And so they think about pricing in relation to the amount of time it takes them. And actually, um, that's not, I don't think that's the best way to, um, to think about your value because you can create um, great value and great financial return for your clients without necessarily putting in a huge amount of time, or maybe you you put in too much time to create that kind of value. But um, uh, value is really tied to the result that clients get. It's not tied to how much time you put into it. So you can, there are different ways to think about your business model that can be more beneficial both to to your clients and to you.
So your work with your clients is to help them think about the way they add value to structure a business model that it maximizes both the value to the clients that they provide and the value to themselves. So they have a true representation of the value they provide as opposed to the input time into it. And the second thing I heard you say was you help people with the idea of selling themselves, which is the whole self-esteem ego kind of thing, which is a very tricky area for people that move from selling a product or service, which is a thing over there that they talk about instead of it being themselves as the core thing that's talked about. Exactly. Exactly. And, so, and it, I'm going to, let me add one other thing. As part of the business model, one of the things that's important to think about is what business model can be best suited for the kind of life you want. Ah, so right. Mm -hmm. So, so as an example, if you want to live the kind of life where you might work really hard for nine months out of twelve, and you're going to take three months off, um, a business model where you have to be live every week with clients is not going to work for you. Okay, so that's a third area. Uh, it's a business design element where it says, what kind of life do you want to live? And how can you structure the value you provide to clients in a way that supports that lifestyle or that model of life that you want to have? Yes, exactly. So tell me, that's very good. I love it. I love helping people understand their true value. One of the things that I say a lot is discover, develop, and deliver your divine nature and gifts. And I guess because I died and because of some other things, I tie a lot of that kind of thing to the essence of us as humans, where we came from, our divine origin and creation and everything else. And I tie it all back to that. But the bottom line is still recognizing who we are. So how did David the magician helping people design a lifestyle business around what they want to think of it that way, to think about the value they create in terms of not just the hours, but the outcome and also work on their own uh, self image so that they can get that out of the way as they discuss objectively the business value they provide. How did you get here? Yeah. So um, I personally have struggled with some of these things. I've been in the working world for a long time at this point. And the first 28 years of my career, I was an employee, mostly in executive roles. And the last 15 years, I've been an entrepreneur. Um, and Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. 28 and 15 is 43 years. You don't look anywhere near old enough to have been in business 43 years. I wouldn't say you're a day over 42. Yeah, well, um, there's a little fuzzy math in there, Kellen. But All right, um, well, this is audio only, so nobody's going to check me anyway. Keep going. And, and, right, and also, I started working when I was three years old. Ah, okay, cool. That explains it. <laughs> so, how did you get here? Uh, um, yeah. So, anyway, so I, I've dealt with a lot of these things myself. Um, I've helped a lot of clients with it, with these issues, um, and and also, you know, I've done. Um, you you do a lot of content creation. I do a lot of content creation. You've been on my shows. Um, I've interviewed lots of folks, um, hundreds, probably thousands at this point about these topics. And it's, um, I have to say, one of the things about podcasting that I, that is um, not something I had thought about going into this is you you actually learn a lot by interviewing all these people. 
Isn't that a true and amazing thing? So I want you to elaborate a little bit. You said you've struggled with some of these things. I talk a lot on this show about, okay, you can have your ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy you create by serving with your divine gifts. That's a phrase that I say all the time on every episode, at least once or twice. And you said, I have struggled with some of these things. Tell me about that struggle and how you got from one side of it to the other. Um, sure. So I started my career. My first full-time job was designing chemical plants. I was, was a chemical engineer. I have a master's in chemical engineering. Um, so I was in the, the STEM fields and it's, um, you know, our culture sees engineering as a good career, good job. Um, you know, you get fairly well-paid. There are generally lots of jobs for engineers and um, I had two different jobs. And the second job, right after my um, second annual performance review, which was a very positive review, review, and I got a nice raise, a month later, my boss calls me into his office and he says, David, I have good news and bad news. The good news is you're doing a great job. The bad news is you don't have a job here anymore. And I'm like, what? Um, you know, I was young and and... I would say somewhat naive about the business world and wasn't paying attention to the fact that the company I worked for had lost a lot of business. They ended up terminating a significant sec, you know, chunk of the staff, including me. Um, and I kind of looked at what my future might be like as a corporate employee. And um, let's just say that I was, I was okay about doing engineering, but I wasn't like, it didn't really set my soul on fire. And it was like, you know, this was the trigger to think about, well, maybe this isn't the career path that I actually want. And so, um, you know, that was like the first, first major hurdle, career hurdle. Um, and then I ended up um, going to work in the not-for-profit sector next. And people who knew me, who were close to me, thought I was nuts because like, you know, seven years of engineering education, it's a good profession. You can earn, earn a nice living. Um, you know, I took a salary cut for my first job and, um, you know, on the surface, it was definitely a nonlinear move. Um, but in my heart, I felt like it was a better choice. And so, um, so I, I did that and I stayed in that field for, uh, for over 20 years. And, um, <clears throat> and that's, that's where I learned a lot about management and leadership because I, I was in executive roles the whole time. Um, the other thing that, you know, was, was still a challenge throughout that, that whole period. Um, you know, I thought about I, when we have these, these experiences like, um, an unexpected, um, unexpected job loss, it's, um, you know, it becomes part of who we are. And so I'd always, you know, reflected on that and saw that even in the not-for-profit sector, the relationship between employer and employee was not necessarily um, um, two-sided. One, one side really um, held most of the power, um, including when you were in executive roles. And I know you, know you were in executive roles and you've probably seen plenty of this too. So what I really wanted to do was have more control over my destiny. And, and um, you know, so I thought about it for a long time and decided that my next career move, this was um, when I was, um, you know, probably 
the last few years of my last job, and I was in the, the last job for 18 years. So it was a long stretch. Um, I thought, you know, the linear move would be go work in a larger organization, um, higher, higher position, more money. Um, and I opted for becoming a consultant so that I would um, be responsible for, um, you know, taking on whatever the risk was of being an entrepreneur, but also having control over the kind of work that I did, who I served, how I worked, where I worked, when I worked. And, um, and again, when I made that shift, um, in 2006, there were people that were close to me that thought I was crazy because again, it was the, it's like, there's the fork in the road. And, and if you take the one that's less traveled, um, a lot of people scratch their heads and I still felt like it was the right one. And, um, and I have to say, you know, 15 years later, I'm really glad that I did because, um, lots of things that I've done over the last 15 years never would have happened. And, um, and frankly, you know, now, now that a lot of my work focuses on helping, um, high achieving professionals who are in the, the second half of their career, um, recover from job loss and, and, and become self-employed. Um, I see how prevalent it is for workers over the age of 50 to get pushed out unexpectedly. So I have a question uh, here. Yeah. I want to, I want to, we're, we're just about where we're over our time and that's okay. I want you to tell me this important thing. Tell me why it's important to follow that less traveled path, to follow the heart, to follow that feeling to, is it really possible for you hear this hype all the time, you know, have what you want, do what you want, do what you love and the money will follow, create your ultimate life. I say that. Is that really possible to have the life that you want to go down that road, less traveled, be fulfilled, happy, satisfied, or is that just a bunch of hype? Um, it's, it's possible, but, um, and, and the, but is if, if you're, if you need to, bring in money to pay your bills, you have to be aware of the fact that you need to bring in money to pay your bills. And you need to, as part of your design of your life, um, you need to make sure that you are um, doing it in a way that actually brings in some income. So, so yeah, I mean, if you could, you could do what you love, but if you never ask anybody to pay you for it, you're not going to be able to pay your bills with that. Right. So, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, you and I are both, we're both in business. So we do what we love, but we also need to get paid. Yeah. Well, I love this. And as a final thought, first of all, I want to thank you for the valuable insights, especially that last thing we talk about, you know, doing, doing what you love is possible. And it's not a binary thing. If you say, I'm going to do this thing, you can, I think of it in terms of summer jobs. When you went to college, you might've had a summer job delivering pizza. Nobody thought anything was bad about delivering pizza and nobody expected to deliver pizza for their whole life. So if you have a summer job that happens to pay well and it's a career thing and you work for somebody else and that then mentally becomes your summer job that you do for a while because you're building something else, that's okay. That's the transition, just like having a pizza delivery job while you finished your master's program was fine, right? And it wouldn't have been a problem. So that yeah, kind I couldn't of, agree more. 
that transition, thinking is important. It's not binary in any way. Well said, Kellen. So anyway, David, thank you. Our 15 minutes has turned into longer. I'm grateful for you. Grateful for the work that you do. Grateful for the light that you are and the encouragement that you give to people. And I want to encourage everyone to listen to this at least twice. Dave, thanks for being here. My pleasure, Kellen. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And I want to assure you all that these thoughts and thoughts you get on other episodes are important and valuable. And as you listen again and again, and then make choices in your own life, you will be able to create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet.